Hi, I'm Marcus, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener, to episode 46 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we are going to talk about the cherry on the top of a decade of Marvel superhero movies, a new high-tech wearable from Aussie Sound, and a remastered high-octane racing game stood the test of time, but may be on the way out. But before we get to any of that, it is time to dig into the fourth listener mailbag. Woo-hoo. That's your favorite part, right? How did you know? How did you know it's my <laughs> favorite know. part? It's called intuition. I've never even mentioned that. <laughs> I, I read between the lines. I figured it out. Well done. The fourth listener email this episode is from longtime friend of the show, supporter over on Patreon, Stubaka. Oh. Stu Baca's email, the subject line was a lot to cover, and he wasn't lying. So I have taken excerpts from some of the stuff that Stu Baca had to say. (laughs) Okay. He basically said he has thinks about us a lot, but it's when he's driving to work, and then he gets to work, and he's really busy. So he had a lot on his mind. So he gets started by saying, first things first, Mo, Uh damn you for getting me into Dark Fury. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't my target. (laughs) It was John and George. I I second Stu Baca's thought. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. collateral damage. I'm sorry. He was in the splash zone. You couldn't help it. <laughs> he says, I thought Slidey was a frustrating time sink. The worst part is I'm actually not a horrible player in real life, but I suck out loud at Dark Fury. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the crowd. <laughs> Second, he says, George. Uh-oh. I'm loving the Drawn and Paneled podcast, Woo-hoo! although much like you, I'm having to sneak behind the wife's back to keep up with all the great suggestions. <laughs> Amen, brother. I'm yeah. With you there. Luckily, she doesn't watch my PayPal account. Ha ha. Yeah. Oh, smart. That's what I should be doing. Right? I should be yeah. using PayPal. Oh, crap. Pro tip. Life hack from Stupaka. <laughs> Hopefully she's not listening to this podcast. Well, stay tuned because I think she does. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no. Don't let her hear this part. <laughs> he says, and last but not least, with work and everything, I've gotten so far behind in my YouTube feed. He says, I know you've been posting some great stuff, but I haven't had the time to sit down and catch up. I like that George gets the chance to school you at comics, if not fighting games. <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> but I want to let you know that I've also shared a couple of your podcasts with my wife. Oh, uh, they drive uh-oh. in the car quite a bit, so she's a bit of a captive audience, he says. <laughs> it says she did enjoy them almost as much as I did, and one of the casts we listened to was the Showbiz Chuck E. Cheese Backtrack. That so should that be the one. Chuck E. Cheese Showbiz Backtrack podcast, please? No, he said it right. He said it no, right. No, I don't believe so. <laughs> <laughs> she has a lot of fond memories of those places. My parents never really took me when I was young. At the time, money was tight, so it just wasn't a real option. Uh, and now for the Coupe de Gras. Today, wow. I was going through a bunch of the things that we brought back from her father's estate and found something special. So he sent me a picture of an old showbiz token. Oh, geez. Oh, man. So you have to send it to me. I won't put that in the show notes. I will. He says, here's the funny bit. That token was almost black from tarnish. I might be the only person in history to take Brasso to a no cash value token. (laughs) (laughs) Good man. As always, keep up the great work. I look forward to the podcast day each week for the Drawn and Paneled and the GXG podcast, Stu Baca. Wow. Thanks, That gives me a new idea for a collection. I want to start old game tokens from different arcades and stuff like 
you know, from Barrel of Fun and from Tilt oh, sure. and Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese and Shelby. That'd be an Prix, awesome little collection, places. wouldn't it? Put them in a little yep. coin frame or something like that. They're I mean, probably got a bunch of them somewhere. Worth but anything, but it'll be interesting. I don't care if they're worth anything. <laughs> just, you know, like, it's worth something to George. That's what matters. It's yes, like true. all my little flat penny collection. Oh, yeah. The squish pennies. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The squish penny thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we always appreciate when the fourth listener takes a moment to write. This time we thank you, Stubaka, for writing in. If you have written and haven't heard your email read here on the show, don't worry. We have a little bit of a backlog. We are getting to you. If you would like to join Stubaka's ranks and have your email read here on the show, just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com and we will put it in the queue. With that then, I say it's time to hop into the show right after this. What appears to be the surface of the moon is in reality a Victor's cough drop. Made a very special way, Victor's has thousands of tiny craters the naked eye cannot see. Craters that help Victor's release concentrated medication quickly. Guys, we always kick off the show talking about what's new in the world of media, TV shows and movies and comics and music and whatever it may be. And we have a full docket for the show this time. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. There is a lot, of, a lot of stuff has been going on, right? It's coming into approaching summer season. A lot of big blockbusters oh, yeah. are happening. Uh, I found out that something we talked about on a recent episode, we were talking about the new Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been really good. I think there are six episodes in and I've only, for my money, it's only been like one turkey so far, but they're all high quality. I've been really enjoying yeah. it. This first season was only like 10 episodes they signed up for, but I was so happy to find out it's already been renewed for season two. So we have much more oh, to look nice. forward to. Good. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was worried that like, yeah. it was so good. I'm like, this feels like something they're going to pull the rug out from under me on. I know, <laughs> I it's, like it's too, too good, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But at least we get at least one more. So that's yeah, I was news. worried about the Firefly syndrome happening to that series. Oh, yeah. I'm glad yeah, that easily. it did. Yeah. But you got to think, though, this is like kind of a whole different model, though, because this is on CBS All Access, right? Right. Yeah. And so they're they're, like, they're not looking for sponsors. They're looking for subscribers. And so I just wonder if that, how that changes things. And I wonder if they do service surveys or something to find out. I mean, surely since it's their service, they can tell who's downloading the episode. So oh, they sure. know this series is getting a lot of downloads or this one isn't. Right. The, the, the weird crazy metric there is, is that the thing that's bringing somebody there or is that just collateral watch? You know, so. Right. Yeah. True. They give it enough credit that it's worth another season. So I'm glad. That's and great. They're, they're spending a bunch of money on it. So they damn <laughs> better yeah. be able to justify it. <laughs> All right. So the elephant in the room, it's time to talk about uh, what probably everyone who has a podcast on the planet is talking about. <laughs> We'll join them. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's get why on not? that bandwagon. <laughs> they can't not do it at this point. <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Mo, you were looking forward to the last episode. George, oh, yeah. you didn't think you'd get a chance to see it because you had to travel, but you did. So a ticket got bought for me, so I didn't have much of a choice. I was supposed oh. to wait until I got back in town and could watch it with I the see. family on this business trip. And we went and saw it at a theater inside a casino in Las Vegas, of all places. So Nice. Rough business yeah. trip. I know, right? Yeah. Really, really <laughs> sad. I had to, you know, suffer a lot on this trip in Vegas and everything. But for my money, three hours worth of Endgame, it might have been the perfect movie for me. All right. We're going to talk spoilers. So if you have not oh, yeah. seen Endgame or you don't want to talk spoilers, I'm going to tell you at what point to fast forward to in the show. And thanks to the miracle of post-edit timing math, the time in the show you're looking for is 17 minutes and 37 seconds. This is your final warning. Uh, if you haven't fast forwarded yet, we're going to talk in game before we move into the other media stuff. So, George, perfect movie for you. 
how come we talked a little bit in some other stuff uh in drawn and panel for instance you john have mentioned a couple of times that some of the comic books haven't been your favorite cup of teas because they start at 10 and move to 11 and there's no Mm -hmm. like lull to build up to that 10 or 11 in this case i thought with endgame they did that perfectly the first hour of the movie was all just horrific aftermath and dismay Mm -hmm. and shock and it was very poignant very subtle i thought it was just beautifully told beautifully done i loved all the disappearance screens that happened in the one segment you know of like oh shuri disappeared and black cat disappeared and stuff like that as they were in the Mm -hmm. headquarters right the little um survivor's guilt round table thing that captain america was a part of right perfect. Like of group. course that would happen yeah a little support group <laughs> right and then i started to wonder okay is this going to pick up and right as i su- started to wonder that it picked up <laughs> <laughs> things started to happen yeah everything was perfectly timed for me it you know being a comic book fan and everything this was definitely not infinity gauntlet or infinity wars the comic book series this was not either of those as far as how right. things went but it all. didn't need to be this took the idea of the infinity gauntlet and gave a whole new story that you know jim starlin i'm not trying to be rude but i think this may have been a better infinity gauntlet story than either of those two series wow Wow. you used to say that deadpool was your favorite superhero movie and this trumps it now oh it's really close man Uh, (laughs) i mean deadpool is my favorite for different reasons right i can see that i'd say deadpool and this are pretty much tied right now this might have the slight edge because it's a little bit newer and it's so it's pressure in my mind Damn, deadpool tie that's <laughs> surprising I still miss this pretty yeah i love the fact that there was almost no special credit scenes yeah right right now mo this was the movie you were looking forward to in the last mm-hmm. episode and so oh, obviously yeah. you have seen it so what are your thoughts on uh, avengers endgame i'm up there with george to be honest because i was trying to figure out how do you cap a 22 movie long story arc right like, how do you finish that and do it in a good way i thought it did an amazing job of that i felt it was a very satisfying movie you know the way Tony Stark and Captain America's kind of story ends. I thought right. was perfect. I thought that was a perfect way of ending them. You know, I was surprised about Black Widow. That shocked me. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, they said that was probably the uh, the least anticipated or expected end. And uh, you got to wonder if it's an end because we we'll know that she series. has a future in the MCU. So you, you got to wonder, right? <laughs> you know, I kind of thought that it was going to have to either be Hawkeye or Black Widow because I knew that they were going to somehow have to capture all the stones. If they were going to capture yep. the Soul Stone, there's only one way to do it, and that's to make. Yeah. Major right. sacrifice. Yep. So I kind of saw that coming, but the way that the scene played out, I really thought it was going to end up being Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. I really thought he was going over the cliff. They kept you wondering to the very I last second. It was like these two people fighting to kill themselves. Right. <laughs> exactly. Was, I thought that was just, uh, I thought it was a brilliant scene. You know, like these two people, they're basically trying to save the other person while simultaneously kill themselves. Well, and the love that they had for each other, because that's right. been evident. You talked about 22 movie arc. Yeah. The love that those two have had for each other has been shown in little snippets all the way through and yet never completely explored. And I felt like that in that one scene, even though they never explored the backstory, they showed just how strong that emotional connection was between the two of them. Yeah, no, for sure. And on top of that, too, I thought that the just the way, again, it managed, like, I think they were smart to kind of keep most of the movie to like a core group rather than trying to include like everybody like the mm-hmm. previous movie did, you know, so yeah. the story was a lot tighter, I felt. Yeah, Age of Ultron was one of those, like, let's just throw everything in the kitchen sink at it and we'll yeah, 
exactly. Mess. It, it became almost yeah. too much, you know, whereas this right. one, I think it was smart to keep it to like that tight group up until almost the final battle for all intents and purposes, right? Mm-hmm. Then it was just awesome. You know, then you wanted to see everybody and they did. You know, I think they totally, they satisfied me about seeing like every single per- group you want to see, every person, every hero. Mo, did you have like a favorite battle scene moment in that final big battle scene? Yeah, there's, I definitely did. And it's one like, to show you how good this scene was, my daughter literally cheered when this happened. Like she, she went, <laughs> yeah, really loud is when Captain America picked up the hammer and smacked the oh, crap out of yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I think a lot of people I heard applause. And, yeah. Because <laughs> they brought that up in Age of Ultron when you see Captain America slightly mm-hmm. moves the hammer. Right. Yeah. And then the whole rumor was that he could have lifted it and he realized it, but he didn't want to like make Thor feel bad. Well, because he does in the comic book. So that's why, you know, comic book fans have always wanted to see that. Yeah, exactly. And so it was like, I was like, yes, because really I was trying to figure out how the hell is Captain America going to send it to Thanos? I mean, talk about how overpowered, but uh, the hammer was a good equalizer. So that was my favorite scene. If you guys are done throwing sunshine and rainbows at each other, I have a few criticisms of Avengers Endgame, if you would humor oh, me. Oh, John's <laughs> being a downer. <laughs> No, no. Actually, I really enjoyed it. I would give it four and a half or five tokens out of five. But because, you know, I am not super invested in these characters other than just the movies. So I was looking at more of as as a cinemaphile. And my criticisms really are how this movie isn't really a good movie on its own. Like all by itself, it doesn't establish who the characters are. Mm -mm. You have to come in with all that information. It's all superheroes. It's almost no real people. And so it's kind of like everybody is normal. And and for the first two, two and a half hours, nobody does super stuff, you know, it's, which is fine. It's a great story, but it's not a superhero movie. It's this cool sci-fi heist movie, uh, which is all right. And it's not until the last half hour or so when, you know, it becomes a giant superhero war movie. There's no regular people in it, which makes it feel less superhero-y to me. So I've got a criticism of your criticism. (laughs) I I knew you would. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, you said that the film didn't establish the characters. You had to come in with that knowledge. Give me a sequel where that isn't true. Because this is not only just a sequel, this is a 23rd sequel. Do you have to establish James Bond in the 40th James Bond film? No. Do you have to establish him? No. They're characters that you know through the lexicon and history of the films, even through general pop culture. So I don't think it's fair to say that it didn't establish the characters. They've been established in pop culture. Anybody going to see this film who doesn't know who Iron Man is, I'm sorry, you're probably watching the wrong film. <laughs> so I have a rebuttal to your criticism of my criticism. <laughs> okay, guys, at some point we have to cap this, right? <laughs> and I, right. I won't, I won't ping pong it forever. Just give you an example of what I mean. A really good example. It's not that you have to tell me who Iron Man is, but take, for example, when Tony Stark and Peter Parker were reunited on the battlefield. And there's that moment that's really poignant and really mm-hmm. powerful. But I don't know why. You know, there, there's no, like at no point prior to that, are you even aware of the existence of Peter Parker anymore? And so it was it was awesome because I knew the background and I think it was wonderful. But I, I try to imagine it, like I look at like a Back to the Future 2, any, any franchise piece where you're having a sequel, you kind of set up an arc within that story. And this was less of an arc. It was more of the, the code at the end. I think it was a fantastic cherry on the top of an amazing run of films, but by itself, just imagining, you know, someone in the future, you know, people today are like, they see Return of the Jedi for the first time and it stands on its own because you kind of learn who the good guys and the bad guys are. Don't get me wrong and say that it's a bad film. Don't think that at all. But as I sat through it, I'm like, boy, it's a good thing I know what's going on or I would feel a little bit lost. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not buying that. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to watch this film... 
you have to have invested a little bit of time. Like you talk about, you've seen Return of the Jedi, it establishes, but it doesn't establish why Luke Skywalker is the moody little son of a bitch that he is in Return of the Jedi. That's never established <laughs> in that film. You have to have seen Empire Strikes Back to understand him getting his hand cut off and his father being Darth Vader. You have to have seen all that before you get to that first scene at Jabba the Hutt's lair to understand why he's this dark, brooding, black Jedi guy. Like, who, who is this guy? <laughs> I think you have to have some foreknowledge. Endgame, to me, ended up feeling like an amazing series finale for the most expensive season of TV ever, ever, ever produced, right? It's basically 23 whatever episodes. And as a finale to that series, amazing. As a standalone film, I'm not watching it that way. That's I stand by my criticism that you could punch me for later. It's okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So Mo, tiebreaker. Am I totally full of shit or what do you, what do you think? So actually, I'm kind of in between both of you guys because actually- Oh, you, don't take the you, easy road. I, I, I know actually somebody at my job who was not invested in the series at all, right? Only saw Iron Man and that was like, it hated wow. the movie. Hated right? it. Hated it. All right. Because it basically because it made no sense, like John was saying. Well, but he's watching the wrong film then. Let me you tell you, I direct to tell you, that's the, the thing. Other like, one. I, I agree. Uh, that's my other side of it. Is I agree. I think people who aren't vested in this series shouldn't see this movie. Now, does that make it a bad movie in the sense that it doesn't stand on its own? Not necessarily, because eh, I think to George's maybe. point, there are a lot of <laughs> series like The Matrix. Each one of those, I don't know if they really stood on their own. Like you had to see the first one to understand the second one to understand the third one. You know, right. And no one should see the third one. So that's all right. Yeah. That's, yeah, I that's, that's, the that's, third that's a whole different Matrix story. That's a different problem. I did. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I, so I agree with George on that point, but I do have to agree with John that the fact that as a standalone movie, like if you did not have knowledge of like it really was more of a series capper, which again is not a problem for me. I was totally happy with that. It's just like the Harry Potter books. You're not going to read the seventh Harry Potter book and complain that you don't understand who the characters are if you didn't read the first six. That's your own fault. I, I might, but that's okay. <laughs> the, the, but that's might, clearly yeah. a John problem, not an Avengers Endgame problem. So no. fair enough. I think we could all agree it was an enjoyable film. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I'll see it again in the theater before it's oh, gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be gone anytime soon. If you've been listening to the show linearly, this is going to seem very abrupt to you. But if you're jumping ahead to avoid those Endgame spoilers, you found the right spot. On with the show. We could beat Avengers Endgame into the ground and we George and I keep ping-ponging about who's right but <laughs> rebuttal to my Chucky rebuttal G's. to my rebuttal let's, let's roll on a little bit we'll stay in the superhero genre though Mo you are checking out a new series that's superhero based if I'm yeah. not mistaken it's actually not new it has like 12 episodes now oh, new-ish alright it's new-ish but uh, I only recently discovered it a few weeks ago it's called Doom Patrol which I'm yeah. sure George you know Doom Patrol right absolutely yeah DC property that's on their DC streaming cast service, whatever the heck it's called now. Yeah, I think it's like on Epics or something. I don't know, some one of those oddball ones. But anyway, but I'm really digging the show. It's 12 episodes. I did, I watched all of them at this point and they're, they're coming out weekly. So there's three more yet left in this season. Now I know zero about it. So can you give me like just a basic synopsis of what the heck First it is? First off, it has Brendan Fraser in it. Remember uh, him? He's alive? Holy crap. <laughs> Timothy Dalton? He's alive? Right? He's in it. <laughs> and, and Alan Tudyk's in it as well. Oh, Wash, okay. Yeah. Basically, this is an old DC series. God, George. I mean, this had to be back in the 70s, I think. When it's uh, late came 60s, out. early 70s, something like that. Yeah. But basically, they're a superhero team that's totally dysfunctional. Like every single person on this team has like serious issues. And okay. it's usually related to whatever their power is. One guy, he dies and he basically his brain is put into a robot. <laughs> All right. And so he's kind of a little annoyed about that. This actress from the way back when, through some weird circumstance, they kind of explained it. But basically, she can 
lose control over a body. So it sort of turns into like mush, basically like a blob. So he's like a shapeshifter, like Odo from DS9 or? Not really shape-shifting per se. It's kind of like, like she's found the fountain of youth, but it's not always perfect. Mm, okay. Oh, she has to like focus on maintaining her shape of herself. Right. So a ragtag group of pseudo superheroes come together as that a team. deal with the most bizarre criminals ever. <laughs> yeah, and they did tease the Doom Patrol in the DC TV series Titans. Oh, that's right. They did. Yeah. And the thing is also the language. I mean, this is definitely TVMA, I guess you would say it. Okay. Right. They're dropping F-bombs <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. a DC property, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's the darker properties. You know, oh, and, I see. And one of my favorite so characters is uh, Jane. So she she has 26 personalities. Each personality mm-hmm. has a different power. Oh, really? So yeah. she changes personalities? And okay. she, well, she doesn't control it, though. It just sort of happens. Like, personalities will switch. And, you know, and sometimes when she needs a, per- a personality, it'll kind of surface. But the main personality, Jane, is like just freaking hates life because <laughs> there's times that she just doesn't have control over it anymore. You know, when these other personalities have come up, it's just an offbeat, weird, totally unlike other superhero stuff. So I, I'm really digging it. I enjoy it. So Doom Patrol, 12 episodes in. Is that the end of a season? Is it over? Uh, they're is it doing three renewed, more. You know? So it's 15, I think they have scheduled okay, for this season. Okay, so, it's, so still, it's still going a bit. Yeah, actually a really, really well done series. And I, I definitely recommend it to anybody who enjoys anything remotely like this. Is this something you've checked out at all, George? Um, I've downloaded loaded them. I haven't watched them yet, but okay. they're on my plan to binge once all 15 come out. Once they're all out. I read a few of the issues back in the day, but it wasn't a group that I was super in love with as a kid because when you're younger and reading comic books, you're more into things like Avengers and X-Men and those kind of characters. Yeah, these are Doom not the Patrol, big flashy. They're more the offbeat adult oriented and I don't mean adult oriented in the F-bombs way that Mo was talking about. I mean like adults oh, yeah. would understand the subtleties of the characters a little bit more than a younger person would. Mm-hmm. So I think it was written and geared a little bit more like Watchmen possibly, although mm-hmm. this was before Watchmen. So it's kind of that you have to have some deeper thoughts before you can really appreciate the characters and the circumstances that they find themselves in. So it's like more shades of gray than all black and white kind of morality. Is that what you mean? (laughs) It was the anti-superhero, you know, anti-spandex before that was a movement, really. It's so unique that I'm worried that if I watch them episode to episode that I'm going to miss something. All right. So Doom Patrol, you're watching it on Epics, but it's originating on, you said, the DC network thing. It's like the uh, Twilight Zone, right? It's on behind a paywall. It's yep. another one yeah. of the streaming services. It's the same one that gives you all the DC comics to read and gives you Titans. It's on that yeah. same platform. Roger that. Yeah. Okay. I'll get a link to it and throw it in the show notes. How about you, John, man? You watch anything? Well, I watched some stuff and I, I sifted through all the things that I might want to talk about, but I ended up wanting to talk about a new album. Ah. Uh, this is not a new movie, not a new TV show. Wait, what's not a new an comic album? book. Yeah, right? Well, so <laughs> my absolute favorite musical group of all time is the Alan Parsons Project. Mm-hmm. The project's right. been gone for some time, ever since the loss of Eric Wolfson, who is Alan Parsons' collaborator. But Alan Parsons put out a brand Brand new album on April 26th. Really? The Secret. Yes. This is the first new album in 15 years from Alan Parsons. And it's been a long time coming. In many ways, it's kind of a return to some of the original stuff that he has done in that it goes back to this sweeping orchestral score and he has a symphony orchestra working with him. He's never been like the rock star. He's always been like the engineer who brings in great talent, great musicians and studio artists and bring those together. And also The Secret, like his other albums in the past, Alan Parsons' project 
project was always kind of called album oriented rock, meaning one album is like a dark side of the moon kind of, right. you listen to the entire thing from beginning to end and it kind of it tells follows the same kind of, yeah, theme, a little bit right? of a story yeah. follows a theme. And the secret is kind of around uh, magic and magicians, uh, but not huh. literally always, you know, like the, the wonder of life or the, you know, the magic of relationships, that kind of thing. But it kind of has that thread that runs through it. Much anticipated by me. And, um, it's kind of flat, unfortunately. Oh, I'm so wow. sad to say. Oh, that's yeah, not it's yeah, it's so. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed lately, but we're all getting a little older. Yeah, I've, I've Alan noticed. Parsons is getting on this a last little older. trip. I noticed. You noticed <laughs> <laughs> with the lack Your of sleep and jet lag. Not like when you were young, right? And so one of the things that I, I always loved about the old albums was that there was a mix of these sweeping orchestral melodic contemplative kind of pieces. And then he just, you know, took the bumpers off and shredded something. There was a great guitar solo and there's a hard rocking kind of thing. And this is all the former. Like there's no, this is all kind of like, I think I want to relax. It's it's more easy listening than progressive rock. Mm. It's too mellow all the time. There are a couple of standouts on it. You know, it's like saying it's a bad episode of Firefly. What? <laughs> it's so only that, so bad. Okay, <laughs> first of all, shut up right now. <laughs> don't speak anymore. <laughs> What's wrong You're getting with you, my bad point. episode of Firefly. Right. The worst episode of Firefly is better than the, the best episode of a lot of series. Right. So okay. the worst All Alan right. Parsons album is still better than a lot of garbage you're going to hear today. Okay. All right. Now I'm understanding. Okay. What you have to understand, though, is it's not it's not going to deliver the same vibe as classic Alan Parsons or Alan Parsons project albums. It's just a little too easy listening for me. So I'll put it in rotation. It'll be in the mix. I'll add it to the Alan Parsons playlist. Uh, sadly, a few of those songs I'll skip every once in a while. Sometimes you just got to go back to the classic stuff. There's just no replacement for it. Hmm. Just in curiosity, how how is it received? It's getting decent reviews, but I think it's getting decent reviews because Alan Parsons is so revered in the world of engineering and audio work. Mm-hmm. You know, like he released a version in 5.1 Dolby Surround and DTS and because it is sonically amazing. It isn't just isn't like, it's like technically rocking. a really awesome. Yes, he has an engineering achievement, but not, not a rocking album. Mm-hmm. And it's too bad but you know, I'm not going to just bask in the glory of another album because he's my favorite artist. You got to say, you know, you got to call it what it is. So I recommend it only if you aren't looking for, you know, a party anthem album, you want something a little slower. Well, it's a shame that it wasn't, didn't live up to what your hopes were, but it's nice to see that he's still producing music. That hundred percent there. Yeah. So I'm grateful. All right, let's move along. Then we have one more topic and this is one that George, you were looking forward to uh, the last time we spoke. And this is you Mm -hmm. checking the boxes to make sure you cover everything you look forward to in the show, I know. Yeah, I don't want to have to do anything on the looking forward, looking back episode. It's, it's a little late for that. <laughs> I'm going to no, because I'm going to start going back and look through there. I'm just going to start randomly picking stuff out. Oh, just yeah. Pick one. Just like top, 27 yeah. episodes ago, I talked about looking forward to this. <laughs> Luckily, though, you're checking this one early. Cobra Kai, the second season of the follow up to Karate Kid. Yes. Oh my God. I love this show. This is by far my new Firefly. I love this show. This thing is awesome. (laughs) It grabs a hold of all those nostalgic buttons and just pushes and mashes and smashes every single one of them. (laughs) Oh my God. Wheelhouse kicks to the face. I love this series. This thing is awesome. And it's not just awesome because of Ralph Macchio and Billy Zabka. It is awesome because of the entire cast, the directors, 
the creators, everybody that's involved in the show, they are protecting the original Karate Kid series and they are doing it perfect justice. I don't know how you could have done this series any better. If this had been on network TV, it probably would have been horrible. Mm. But because it's on a different mm. streaming media, this one's on YouTube, right. they are able to create something that they want to create without too much interference, it seems. And it is perfect. I can't get into spoilers because one of the three of us <laughs> haven't watched a damn thing yet. <laughs> okay, uh, oh now. my God, is this thing I'll fess good? up. <laughs> You've got me amped for it. I, listen, I'm really excited. I'm, I was excited as you were going into it. Uh, I did something right raising my daughter because she said, don't you dare watch Cobra Kai without me. <laughs> so <awesome>. apparently <laughs> I've instilled some good Karate Kid values into her yeah uh, she's really excited to see it so i've been waiting because our schedules just haven't meshed uh, but mo you have caught some of it so you want to further yeah. rub in that you've got a chance to see it and i haven't yeah i mean sure why not yeah i'll rub salt in that wound <laughs> thank you <laughs> i think that's the thing that really makes is the most important thing is that it respected the movies mm -hmm. it seems like it has a lot of respect for those and what happened in it like i said i think it's just a great continuation story but it's its own thing though this is the other thing that's kind of cool it's like right. you know with me it's like all about the relationships. Oh yeah, that's the whole story. Yeah, the whole and thing is the, the relationships. Stories. Which is what the original Karate Kid movie did so well. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Here's something that we can talk about that's non-spoilerish, John. Fair enough, okay. Have either of you guys seen the 30 for 30 series on ESPN where they take like a particular subject and do a sports documentary on it. Like maybe Mike yes, Tyson losing sure. to Buster Douglas, that kind of thing. Yep. There is a mockumentary 30 for 30 of Cobra Kai. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> it was done as a trailer. I just happened to find it when I was looking. Oh, like a promotional bit. Yeah. I was looking to find oh. out to make sure that this has been renewed for season three, which it has very yeah. awesomely. Fantastic. One of the few YouTube red series to be renewed again. And so they had real ESPN analysts talking about, oh, that kick was illegal <laughs> and all this stuff. And wow. they brought the kids into it a little bit. It's really awesome. There's some good stuff in this. You, John, you've got to watch it with Dana as soon as you can. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Listen, listen. Oh, man. You're preaching to the choir. I'm going to. I'm going to. I want to make sure, though, the hawk is in it, right? The hawk, the hawk is there. The hawk is Still absolutely in yeah. it. Okay. I'm not going to tell you anything about him because he has a really good storyline in this series. He was the breakout character for me. I loved his arc in the first one. Yeah. So I'm ready. His arc just gets even better in this one. It gets more nuanced, which I really, I was really surprised about because I thought they were going to focus on some other things. There's a new female character that's introduced a new teenager and there is a cliffhanger that will remind you of the cliffhanger at the end of Avengers Infinity War. Oh jeez. Oh really? Like shit <laughs> yeah. goes down at the very end. Very much la, like la, 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 la. <laughs> Very much like how at the in the credit scenes um you had Nick Fury and his compatriot and then he sends that page at the very instance to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, right? right? So there is a similar kind of thing at the very end of the last episode of season Season two of Cobra Kai and you're like oh crap when season three I have to see what happens from this little thing that I just saw what if no season three had come how mad would you have been I'd have shot somebody <laughs> I'd, I'd have driven to Hollywood I'd have found somebody and shot them because this it, it's just going to be awesome it's something that they kind of very subtly tease throughout the entire season and then bam, smack you right in the face with it at the last scene. I'm like, yeah, damn cool. it. Why is there not another episode? God, come on. So Mo, you really have this good. to look forward to because you haven't even finished the season, right? No, no. I'm only about three episodes in, so I got oh, a little God, bit to go. It's getting so much better from there. <laughs> as good as it is where you're at, Mo, it just gets better. <sighs> 
Well, there you Man, go. I know okay. what I'm doing the rest right, of the day. Podcast over. I need to go and watch the <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> There's an adventure in every bowl of alphabets. True. While eating alphabets, a fierce lion attacked me. So I ate him. Then a terrible giant tried to scare me. So I ate him. Then a huge octopus tried to squeeze me. Oh, boy. If I could spill octopus, I'd eat it, too. But I can't spill octopus. Once again, guys, I have done nothing but copy what John has already bought. <laughs> I wish I was joking. I bought those speakers. <laughs> oh, the little Bluetooth speaker we talked about last episode. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I need something for my kitchen. You know, I wanted something like, you know, play through my phone and all that stuff. And man, you're not kidding. Those things are great. Was I lying? It's great. Yeah. No, they're great. So again, I'm hoping John has something else that, you know, I don't know if I'm going to buy it, but for Tech Toys, John, what do you got for us this week? I do have something on our YouTube channel. In fact, at the origin of Gen X Grown Up, all the way back, maybe our third or fourth video ever was a review of these bone conduction Bluetooth sunglasses yeah, those from Zungle. Yeah, it was a Kickstarter thing. And I reviewed that. Uh, and every once in a while, I'll get an email from some other company that sees that tech review. And very much to the point, I got an email from a company called Aussie Sound a few weeks back. And they said, hey, we saw your Zungle review on YouTube. We have a brand new uh, model of bone conduction sunglasses that blows Zungle and Bose out of the water. Would you like wow. to give them a shot? <laughs> yeah, bold <laughs> statements. And I was like, are you kidding? Absolutely. Ship them to me post haste. I will take a look. Yeah. And I'll just recap here, but uh, I did a full review and video of them on our YouTube channel. And Mo will have you put a link down in the show notes for that. If you uh, if you don't watch our YouTube stuff regularly and want to follow up to this, uh, you can see, most importantly, you need to see that they're a little funny looking, I, I will say. They're, they <laughs> yeah, look kind of odd <laughs> on. It's a different approach to the Bluetooth. You'll remember those zungles like they look like Ray-Bans. Right. You have to yeah. tell somebody that they're Bluetooth glasses. They're not really, don't, it's not obvious, right? Right. Uh, well, these, instead of going down that route, they are regular glasses that are still a little kind of futuristic looking. And then there's a bone conduction module that clips on to the arm and sits in front of your ear, not behind your ear. So you mm. have these like Google Glass blocks sitting kind of on the side <laughs> of your head. And uh, the long story short is that that they sound much louder, so probably arguably better than the Zungles did that had, they were very quiet and very limited because you had to be almost super quiet to hear them, but they're kind of impractical. They advertise them as being super versatile and you can snap them off and snap them on and you have change out lenses. You can get prescription lenses that clip onto the front, uh, but it, it turns out that they were, they sounded cool, but the sound was kind of offset by how clunky they felt to have those large Frankenstein bolts on the side of my cheeks. Yeah. When I went over to your house recently, you let me try them on. And the one thing that I found with them was I think the reason why they had to do it was because that was a better bone conducting location than what the Zungles had used, which was kind of over the ear and behind it a little bit where those bone conducting pads were. 100%. Yeah in front of the ear was a better space for that because of where it would go into the ear canal and vibrate the skull and all that kind of stuff. I found them fairly comfortable. I didn't ever try your Zungle glasses on, so I kind of like these. I didn't hate them. Yeah, I didn't hate them either. And you're you're 100% right. They do correct the two key problems with the Zungles, right? They were uncomfortable because they were very tight and they were very quiet because of where the bone conduction was. Mm -hmm. These are much more comfortable. I wore them for like an hour doing the review and they felt great and they sounded much louder. 
work. I just feel like the technology is it's coming along. It's an amazing time to be looking at this kind of tech, but they haven't quite figured it out yet. What's the perfect way to achieve this? Or are they fixing a problem that doesn't exist? Do I need bone conduction ultimately? <laughs> Maybe that's a better question then. I think they have a really good version of what these products will become. I think they're probably a little bit further along than those Zungles were. Now, I know Zungle was going to come out with a second version. I don't know if they ever did or not. And I don't know anything about the Bose glasses, although Bose has a huge, wonderful reputation and sound quality. Sure. I've actually played with the Bose ones. The thing is that they're not bone conduction, though. They're actual speakers. Oh, oh they're so, just little speakers. Yeah, oh. little tiny speakers that are like directed into your ear somehow, which I'm not sure how, you know, you use Bose, you know, they have some sort of bizarre technology. Right. Yeah. But they, the sound on them was, I mean, not as good as headphones, which I can understand because you got all the outside noise as well. Yeah, right. But the sound was really good, though. Very clear. You could hear the you know, the song and you can hear the thing talking, that kind of stuff. So, and I kind of argue in the review that these Aussie sound glasses, they kind of blur the line between bone conduction and having a tiny speaker next to your ear because it is so close to your ear. You kind of get a little of each, like the bass is the vibration of your skull, but you can actually hear the speaker a little bit because it's so close to the entrance of your ear. I didn't even notice there was a speaker on it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's touching the side of your, uh, your head. Oh, okay. It's really interesting stuff. What an amazing time to be alive that uh, this kind of stuff is happening. I mean, you you know, wouldn't have believed it 10 years ago. Like what? It beams sound in my brain. Really? Complaining about this stuff kind of feels like first world problems a little bit, right? A hundred percent it is. That's right. No, and I'm very grateful that Ozzy Sound sent it to us and it's great to take a look at this. Huge improvement over Zungle. No Sounds question like about it. Sounds still young though, huh? It just, it, it is. It is very um, immature and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes next. George, you had something, even though Mo is just copying me, you did have something <laughs> that you were looking at that I believe is a riff off of the new tablet laptop hybrid that you got last show. It is an accessory to that device. Yes. All right. I picked up a bamboo pen. The reason why I picked up one is because I want to be able to take handwritten notes, but I hate, and I'm going to say this as strongly as I can. I hate those damn little pins that have the rubber eraser type of tips yeah, on them that big. you use it's not, it's not precise cheap. enough yeah, it's that's not a pin that's an eraser that you're supposed to write with and that's bullshit you don't write with an eraser <laughs> i grew up in the 70s when you wrote with the sharp end of the pencil not the little yep. flat eraser part so i wanted something that had a real pen tip or pencil tip on the end of it so it would feel more natural to me and man i'm going to tell you this bamboo pin touches every single box that I wanted it to. It is easy to pair up to the device. It writes effortless, effortlessly. Blah, blah. Unlike the word. <laughs> easy for you to say. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it is even pressure sensitive, which I guess that's kind of a combination of the pen and the tablet itself. Maybe if I'm drawing in one of the drawing apps and I lightly draw around the line, the line comes out very light. If I press down harder, it's a firmer mm -hmm. and it's very natural feeling to do it. It has some programmable buttons on the side. It has a quadruple A battery, which I had never seen before, but I guess that's a Thing. I first realized that was a thing in a stylus. You're right. right. It's like a quadruple. <laughs> so what the what? hell is that? It's just smaller, you know, version of a triple A, but it, uh, it's okay. really light to the touch. It's nice pen. I like it. The only thing that I wish is that my tablet had somewhere to clip the pin on it so that ah, I could carry yeah. it around with it. But with the backpack that I now have, it's, you know, there's a perfect place for pins and pencils. It fits right into a regular pen or pencil slot. It's a great little device. I love now, the whole thing. Does it work thing. with I'm any 
10 or is it specific to you what you purchased? I think it'll work with anyone. It seems to be a Windows 10 Bluetooth connectable device. I don't know about iPads and those things because I think they have their own technology, but any kind of Android or Windows device that'll accept Bluetooth input, it seems to work just fine with. I've used it on both my little Android tablet and my Windows 2-in-1 laptop. Cool. And this is called a bamboo pin. That's the brand or use it to feed koala bears when you're done with no, it? No, that's, that, <laughs> that's the brand. It's pretty well known in drawing circles. They have some really ah, high tech oh, like drawing a, ones. Okay. I didn't get the top of the line one, but it was like 50 bucks on Amazon, $54, something like that. It was really solid. You know, I just recently got a new tablet and it came with uh, a pen. So I've just started dabbling in that. Mm-hmm. And so I know what you mean, how it can really be liberating to realize that you can do light strokes or heavy strokes. What have you started using this for? You said what a great experience it is. Are you drawing? Are you taking notes? How are you actually utilizing this pen that it's working out so well? Oh, well, at first I bought it for taking notes. So I just went on this business trip that we're joking about with the airplane rides and being old. And so I used it a little bit for there, although I found that for taking notes, I seem to be a little bit better and faster uh, using Microsoft OneNote with a keyboard as to using the pen. Okay, I'm more exclusively using it now for drawing because I've always wanted to draw. I can draw a little bit here and there. Like if somebody shows me a thing, I can figure out how to draw it a little bit, but I've wanted to learn how to draw just to at least to sketch out some ideas to give to an artist who can draw it better than I could possibly. And so I'm getting to do that with this pen. There's a lot of different applications out there and tutorial things and stuff. Instead of doing stuff on pencil and paper where you have to throw a bunch of stuff away, the liberation of being able to do it on a tablet where if you make a mistake, you just erase it and start over again. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly right. erased. And I, I love that. And that's what I'm using it mostly for now. So you're starting to like do some storyboarding of stuff that you want. So it's not just explaining it. You can actually mock up things that you might want to get created. Yeah, that's the goal. Okay, nice. Yeah, very cool. Uh-oh, it's the penguin. And the joker. What can I be up to? Oh no, are they going to steal a Batmobile? Can it be? Can they get away with it? Flash the bat signal. The dynamic duo will be needed here for this. I hope they see it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start off with something real quick because I finally finished something that I've been playing 30 minutes here, 10 minutes there. I finally finished episode two of Life is Strange number two. Not a moment too soon. Holy moly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did that on purpose. I wanted to make sure that I didn't have to you know, wait for months and months between the episodes so that that way, because we talked about it in the last podcast, how they've staggered out these episodes so far apart between them that it's just torture to play an episode all the way through and then have to wait three or four months. Or maybe you go on like a crazy run where you do your decisions completely opposite of what you wanted to do or something. Chaos run, right? (laughs) Yeah, you're going to end up having to wait months between these episodes. So I like my approach of playing it 20 minutes at a time, 10 minutes here. I come back to it. The world still feels familiar. I haven't forgotten anything. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed episode number two. You have more discipline than Mo and I do. I know we we (laughs) finished it months ago and I said great timing. I think the third episode like comes out the day this podcast releases on the ninth, I 
believe of May. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind of my looking forward to segment. So thanks <laughs> that, for that, that was your that was your plan. <laughs> that's yeah. how you're arcing it out. <laughs> yep. But John, what are you playing? Because I know that Mo and I, we've been promised some keys. Mo, have you gotten your key yet? No, not yet. No, no. <laughs> I haven't seen mine yet either. It's probably in the mail. Check your spam, perhaps. <laughs> yes. No. Finish him. That's right. Mortal Kombat 11 drop. Oh, God. And uh, I did a brief live stream of it when it came out. Brief? You played for like two and a half hours, brief. That was brief for him. That's, That's true. It was a long time. That, that, that was a brief playing. The way Mortal Kombat is for me is that each game only last three, four minutes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do a quick play. And then you look up, you're like, oh, I played 40 games. Like, damn, that takes <laughs> go blast you through. I am really torn about Mortal Kombat 11. On the one side, it is a fantastic evolution of the Mortal Kombat franchise. It plays great. The mechanics are great. There's an unbelievable tutorial section that steps you through every possible thing you could know about how to fight, how to do combos, how that to parry, how to block. Cool. And well, well done. Fantastic. On the flip side of it, and I mentioned this during the live stream, so much of the monetization of this game, look, I paid full price for it. Right. And it's kind of like a freemium phone game. Oh, they're nickel and diming you for stuff. There's so many in-app purchases. The biggest, probably worst um, offender here was they have these things called the Tower of Time. You remember the classic arcade Mortal Kombat in 92. You're working your way up this tower fighting bad guys, right? Yeah, Yeah, that was the whole tournament. Of course. Yep. So they have those style of uh, games that you can play. But they keep adding these modifiers into the game, things that can change, you know, triple damage, it's raining fire or it's, you know, certain that you can't jump, certain modifiers to put twists on them. And it gets so difficult that many people found that you could only get past those levels by using these consumables, they're called. They're one use things that when you, you run out of buy. them, you can yes. go like a buy potion more. or something or exactly right. It's like a potion you can use. Yeah. Like, like a, a magic gym and candy crush that helps you get through a level. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And you can buy some more magic gems and they even hide all of the like extra clothing. You have to buy those with these crystals that you earn. And like a phone game, everything in the game you can earn. Someone did the math. It would take about 4,400 hours of playing to unlock all the internal oh, games. Oh my Good God. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So great game, stupid microtransaction policy. Why would you even have a microtransaction policy in a full price grade A game like that? That makes no sense to me. Like, I understand DLC. I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You play the game for a while and then they want to add a new episode or create some new content and you download that. But microtransactions in a game that I've paid $60 for, kiss my ass. I'm not buying yeah. that game. Unless you give me the free key you promised, I'll never <laughs> play that damn game. I can tell you that right now. Well, I'd say it's like that game Anthem I've been playing, which is like online kind of thing. Now, they have uh-huh. stuff you can buy too, but all of those are all purely cosmetic. Like they don't affect the gameplay. Mm, okay. right. So if you want to have like a fancy purple thing, you know, you can Overwatch buy. Overwatch is like that too. You can buy more skins and outfits. Yeah, you can buy sure. skins. Yeah. Something it, like the that. Skins themselves that's fine. Don't, but it doesn't change the mechanics of the game at all. Got it. Right. You know, which is Mortal Kombat. If you, if you have to, if you can actually purchase something that can change a game mechanic, after paying full price, I think I'm calling shenanigans on that. Yeah, I or think shenanigans. If you feel like sure. you have to pay for it in order to get you through a section of the yeah. game that you should be able to play because you paid sixty goddamn dollars for the thing, <laughs> are you kidding me? George doesn't want to play it, and he's amped. I'm mad. <laughs> so you, yeah, you get it. That's bullshit. So two more points I'll mention on Mortal Kombat 11. And we'll move on. So one is at least Nether Realm has recognized that there's a, some backlash. They are tuning the towers, reducing the crazy <laughs> difficulty. <laughs> Shooting the tower. <laughs> and they gave everyone a giant gift of like 
500,000 coins and a thousand hearts and a thousand gems. Every single person that owned the game, they got essentially saying, yeah, we're sorry. It's too hard. We're working on it. Here's a present for you so that you don't have to grind 4,400 hours to get all these things. Uh, now that will run out eventually, but it's a nice gesture, I guess, at least. Yeah. Well, at least if they recognize they've made a mistake and they're trying to correct it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like they yeah. went to the well. They're like, everybody's going to love it. They're going to spend a ton of money and there's just too much backlash. Uh, the one thing I will say, at least, is none of the microtransaction paywall garbage affects the online multiplayer. It's all the single player campaign, the towers and stuff. Oh, so okay, at least okay. they didn't break that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, could have gotten away with it if you'd have said, oh, we're reducing the price of Mortal Kombat to like $19.99, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Now I expect that I'm going to have to pay some extra because I know it's thousands of hours worth of programmers time and yeah. they got to recoup all that money and they got to make a profit. I, I would be with it. But you're going to charge me 60, 70, I've heard $80 for some of these different right. versions. Yep. What did you pay, John? You got the big premium one, right? Yeah, I did on a big discount somewhere and I think I paid like 65 bucks for the premium version. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So how are you ever going to get your quarries out of something that you a have to pay 65 80 dollars for and then b have to keep paying those microtransactions for in the future if you want to progress through the different game modes that are available to you that you sh you already paid for it's not like it yeah. was something oh my that god was oh you can have like negative quarries right oh my goodness and that was, that's <laughs> like that Minus. Was universe to implode you can't do that <laughs> dogs and cats living together <laughs> you know, it's like a, like a phone game if you're gonna if you're gonna milk me like that you got to give it away for free and then try to get the microtransactions right. you can't exactly. double dip. you can't do both you can't do both yeah, yeah. and they should have known that going in the the little gift that they did yay whoopee it's a you gesture known that shit was wrong from the beginning somebody yeah. like some suit somewhere should be fired behind that i think they knew it they were just, they were to see if they could get away with it or not and they didn't so that, that's good yeah <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so mo what have you been playing since you have not been playing mortal Kombat with me this is going to go back a little bit but this game has always been kind of near and dear because i think it was one of the first online games i played with you john okay because you talked me getting an xbox and you said oh you gotta get this that. game sure. burnout paradise oh right by uh, like criterion right? yeah by criterion mm -hmm. so i remember we played that crap out of that game online it was a pretty heavy well, it was just a huge open Open world multiplayer. It wasn't racing like let's game. start a race. But it was like, like a normal racing game, though. That's the thing I loved about it. You had different cars which handled differently, which made it interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you had things like there's all these different events. So there's some are straight races, some are like destroy the other cars, destruction derbies. Yeah, yeah. some yep. survive while the other cars are trying to destroy you. And you know, exactly. I mean, it was it was just a blast. I think it's one of the few games I actually wound up hundred percenting on achievements because I remember we actually would play it to, to specifically for that reason. Right. Yeah. So how does that play into today well they just announced that after 12 years if you can believe it when that first 12 came years out, they are Dang. shutting down the servers in august no <laughs> Yep. Really? So, I'm, I'm not even playing it and I don't want the servers to shut down. No, so you can still play it, obviously, but it'll be single player. So you won't be able to play with other oh, people online no. anymore. But hey, 12 years? That's a pretty damn good run. So you've been going back and playing it now since it's about oh, to yeah, shut down? Oh yeah, I went back and actually I reset everything. So I started from the beginning. Everything is closed again to you. All right, you got to earn everything back. Yeah, all the cars, all, all the secret routes. All those routes. damn fences, breaking all those damn signs. <laughs> Which you know, is so much you fun. That. But let me tell yeah. you, playing it now is just as much fun. Wow. I mean, it's just a fun game. Well, that's a good sign of a good game. Then. And I haven't seen anything like it since. It was a blast. Yeah, we were talking before the show, George. You said you never played any racing games. Mm -mm, not online racing games. I mean, I played.
played like Daytona 500 at the arcade, those kind of right, things. Right, yeah, but yeah. This was less of a racing game and more of, it just, it was a multiplayer game and you happen to be cars. Like you're looking yeah. for these signs to crash. You're like, right. I found one. Where are you? I parked over here on the map. And you drive over by your buddy and together you figure out, figure out how to build a ramp and jump up to it. It was, it was more of an adventure game with cars and sometimes you raced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they also had, they did a good job of giving you like, you earn different cars over time and every car was like different. Like they actually yeah. handled differently. They were stronger, they weaker. Yeah. And, and that made a difference. And, you know, you sit there and say, okay, what car do I want for this challenge? And you'd have to go to the garage and switch cars out. I mean, it was, it was just a lot of fun. I, I'm sorry oh. to see it. The servers going down, but I understand, you know, after this much time, I can't imagine that the servers are getting like tons of use. Is there something coming to replace it? I mean, are, are they no. generating a new version of this game or? No, I mean, last year they came out with like kind of a, a re- I think they call it like um, the ultimate version where they basically upgraded it so it worked bit on the current graphics cards and they improved like the graphics. It. And stuff. All, all the DLC was in it, I think. Like all yeah, the motorcycles and, bought, yeah, and all the, that. You got the everything. DeLorean for Back to the Future was in it. Everything you could get was in yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's in a way it's just kind of like the end of an era, but it was a really good run, man. I really enjoyed playing it. Oh, we might have to get together and uh, do one of those things like when big multiplayer games end and everybody watches it shut down together. They all get online, like they play <laughs> one like last doing time. a memorial. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> It's a wake for the end of the servers. <laughs> there you go. You run your mill with the same kind of skill that's been passed through your family to you. You're the kind of a man who likes to work with his hands. Beach nuts the tobacco you chew. Before we wrap up the show, you know that we like to take a moment to think about what we are looking forward to between when this episode publishes and the next one in a couple of weeks. Mo, let's kick it off with you. What are you looking oh, forward to? This is my favorite time of year, summer movie season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So, and on May 17th, John Wick 3 comes out. Oh, yeah. I'll be first oh, yeah. in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just like, just totally ridiculous and stupid. And I love those movies. <laughs> and, and so I'm really looking forward to the third one because the way the way second one ended, I'm like, what the hell is he going to do? You yeah, know? He's excommunicated from yeah. the assassins. And, and and it turns out that everybody that lives in Manhattan is an assassin. So well, just about, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, as he was running away, like everybody started getting pages and looking at him and everything. You're like, what yeah. the hell? All these people are assassins? Where the hell have I been living? I know, really. It's like, there's like one guy in New York who's not an assassin. Plus it's got Halle Berry in it. So how bad? could it be yeah that woman does not age oh my oh, god she's still gorgeous one of the actors from billions is in it oh the really person who plays the gender neutral character in billions he or okay. she they i think is the proper pronoun oh is They're that like be the main antagonist or something uh well it's kind of hard to tell from that trailer right yeah, that's I mean, true you know the trailer makes it look like everybody's an antagonist to john wick so <laughs> i'm not really sure how about you george what are you looking forward to well we actually kind of know a little bit don't we i'm looking forward to something that we talked about earlier yeah i'm looking forward to like <laughs> Life is Strange 2, which drops the day that this episode does on May 9th. Life is Strange 2 episode... Episode 3, yeah. Episode 3, okay. I'm sure that there will be plenty of people taking sick days from work to play this if they're <laughs> Life is Strange fans like I am. I I wish that I could. Unfortunately, I'm super busy at work, so I can't do that this week, but that'll also help me to stagger out playing this episode three until episode four drops, I think, like sometime in September well, the way or something you play like this that. game, you only have to take an afternoon off because you're only going to play for 30 right. minutes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Mo, you said this is your favorite time of the year because of uh, movie season, new uh, films and blockbusters oh, yeah. that drop. For me, what I'm looking forward to is finding out if some of my favorite TV series are getting renewed or not. Oh, this is, this is always a horrible time of year, though. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm looking forward to either being happy or angry 
agree? Yeah, I'm still waiting other. for Firefly to get renewed. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but almost as important, we still don't know if the Orville is getting a third season. Seriously, I can't believe that. I thought it has I not saw yet that been announced. Was. No, not yet. As really? of today, yeah, which is a few days before this episode drops, still no official announcement from Fox. Hmm. Everybody and their brother is saying it deserves it, but you know that's the way with so many shows. And so it's that time of the year where there are a few websites I go to that keep a tally of probable, likely, confirmed, renewed canceled, whatever. And it kind of gives it a temperature on how it's doing red or green one way or the other. Yeah. So I monitor that pretty closely this time of year. Hey, when you mentioned it, I looked it up and it seems like everybody is like saying if they don't renew for a third season, they're idiots. Of well, course. That's yeah. Really Fox. Fox. They, Fox yeah. are idiots. Typically. That's true. That's, yeah. Let's say with this, if they do cancel it, somebody else will pick it up. You well, gotta think so. in this environment, you, know? you would think so. I mean, like if Firefly had been produced during the new streaming services, Firefly yeah. likely would have gotten second, third, fourth seasons on some other mm-hmm. platform yeah yep. i would think so yeah so knock on wood they don't screw this one up so i expect we'll uh, recap that as we know more i mean we talked about a few we know cobra kai got renewed we know twilight yep. zone got renewed but there's so many more that are on the bubble and haven't been decided yet Why and so i'm kind of biting my nails i don't get it <laughs> yeah well if you don't know it's on the bubble you don't know which way it's going to fall you know I've, I've been surprised before by stupid decisions by the very same network in fact in many cases so yeah i'm anxious to see and uh, we'll all find out together yeah, we will. Life savers, life savers, fun to eat. Super flavors can't be beat. Hey, life savers. Super taste and super rolls. 22 flavors, 22 holes. Hey, life savers. Suck them slow or suck them fast. The fun in your tongue are made to last. Hey, life savers. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy, plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Now, before we leave, though, I absolutely must be sure to thank all of the fantastic human beings who support us over on Patreon. I'm talking about Corey and Stubaka and Will and Steen and Jessica and Marcus and Dana and Slumo and Thomas and Agile and T2. Each of those folks take a dollar or two, give the Gen X Grown Up every single month over on Patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up to help us sustain what we do on the podcast and YouTube and articles and the website that we do and we could not thank you enough we're so grateful that you believe in us enough to support us financially so thanks to you absolutely we will be back in two weeks with a regular episode of our show but next week with the backtrack which is as you know we pick a single nostalgic topic from growing up as a generation xer and dig in deep on it and this is one i've been looking forward to for a while we're going <laughs> to talk about our favorite one hit wonders of the 1980s and there were a nice. lot of them <laughs> there were a lot of them in fact we have each picked a top 10 and we're going to run down all of our top 10 lists throughout that episode so you want to be sure that you're there to see if your favorite one hit wonder makes our top lists i hope you will join us for that one until then i am john george thank you so much for being here yes sir and mo you know i appreciate you oh man always fun my fourth listener you know we appreciate you most of all and we will talk to you next time bye-bye see you guys take care everybody No games, no
Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. Definitely not. That wasn't in the script. Sorry. Stick to the script. (laughs) Well, you can edit it out. (laughs) Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.